Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good afternoon and welcome to Fiber Hooligan. I'm your host, Benjamin Levesay. My pronouns are he and him, and I'm broadcasting from my home in Harrisburg, South Dakota. This is not going to be a normal episode of Fiber Hooligan, at least not the show we had planned for you. That show would have been inappropriate given recent events. My first instinct was to cancel the show, but I realized the show wasn't just my show. Um, and after consulting with my guest about how she wanted to proceed, um, she has decided that there's some things that she does want to say, and I want to be a venue so that she has the chance to say those. And so we are moving forward with a slightly different show. Uh, thank you for your patience and understanding. Okay, <clears throat> my guest today is Heavenly Bresser. Uh, Heavenly's pronouns are she and her. Heavenly Bresser is a self-taught, well-rounded fiber artist from Chicago. She has over 10 years of experience with crochet and knitting, but also loves dyeing fibers, hand spinning, weaving, repairing sp- and repairing spinning wheels. Working from fleece to project is one of her favorite things to do. Her passion for fiber arts and the joy of seeing others grow in their craft is part of her motivation as an instructor. Heavenly's goal is to uplift, inspire, and encourage those around her and challenge them to think outside the box and do the things they never imagined could be done. Outside of her fiber adventures, her time is spent caring for her husband, two boys, and a Morky named Samson. I didn't know what a Morky was until she told me all about it. Um, Heavenly is also one of the kindest, most giving people I've ever met. She also happens to be uh, an African-American woman in America. And again, she has some things to say, and I want to make sure that she has a chance to say them on this program. I'm grateful that she is willing to be here and share her thoughts with all of us. Good afternoon, Heavenly, and welcome to the show. Hi, Benjamin. Good afternoon. How are you? Um, I am okay. I am okay. Considering all that's happening right now, I am okay. Haven't been sleeping really well, but um, I'm okay just moving along with, you know, the normal day-to-day things, but um, I just have a lot of things on my mind lately, and so, yeah, I am doing the best that I can right now. Well, I also know that you're busy with not only with your family, but you you were one of those people that uh, spends a lot of their time checking in on the people you care about and the people you know. Uh, yes. So um, here in Illinois, we've had a lot, you know, a lot of things going on in the past um, few days. Um, we've had curfews in different townships um, because there's a lot taking place in the different towns and people are standing up and protesting and there have been riots and there have been riots and there also has been uh, looting that has taken place. So um, I have to call and check in and make sure, you know, friends and family are safe and, um, and people that live in the surrounding areas, if they're okay. So, yeah, it's been a, I feel like this time right now is just really challenging, and I I would 
change challenging to devastating, I guess, and say that it's been a devastating um, time frame. And a lot of people feel a ton of fear and, and anger. And with the George Floyd situation and how he was treated, how unjust the entire situation was um, to see, you know, someone die on camera, um, so many people seeing a black man doing nothing wrong, you know, dying on camera, and nothing happening to stop it, um, that really is hurtful. It's hurtful. It's, it makes you really furious. It makes you really angry. It makes you question where we are in America today. And um, people are rightfully angry about, you know, what is take, what hasn't taken place and also what has taken place where um, justice hasn't been served. And it doesn't just, you know, it doesn't just start with um, what happened with George Floyd, but um, with so many others. And um, that's why we see a huge uproar in our community and so many people around the world are watching and what I will say is it is it has been pleasant to see people from different countries, different from people from different um, parts of the world walking and protesting and letting everyone know that they are standing for the black people in America and they know that the systemic racism that has been around, it's, it has to go. And um, what, what, what has been a little hard to swallow, um, just being online, seeing the division that it has caused, um, and it's not, you know, I don't know how to explain it, but just seeing the division and seeing people further divided and not understanding you know, the anger that people have um, because of these injustices, it's really disappointing. It's just really sad. It's very, very sad to see um, that different perspectives that are coming out. The focus had, had quickly turned away from the protesting to the rioting and to the looting. And it became... You know, um, I, I would see posts where people would say something like, "Well, I wish I was black because I could be, I could be a person who can steal from Target today." Or, you know, I would see posts and I'm thinking, "Whoa, that's not, you know, that's not the message that is supposed to come across from the protesting and that are challenging." the the justice side, if that makes sense. Um, yes, Heavenly, I, I agree. Um, something we talked about, uh, the way that people are focusing uh, and what they're focusing on uh, online, is, you know, it, it's, it's maddening. I do agree with that. I, um, I 
I will say I am not for looting or anything like that. Um, I it breaks my heart to see the community, you know, being torn apart. I am all for the protesting, but the focus should be on the protesting. And it is, it is sad to see, you know, that it's just from the that justice needs to be served and people should be standing up for this cause, but seeing, you know, the damage done, that does hurt. So I understand that some people are sad about the damage, but at the end of the day, it is about the message. The message is that we should be able, as black people, we should be able to go in a car and not worry Like, if we're getting ready to drive somewhere, not worry that if we're going to get stopped, that we have to, in our minds, play a scenario and say, you know, I got to make sure I do this right. I got to keep my hands on the wheel. I got to make sure I do this. I got to make sure I do that, like this mental checklist so that nothing happens. We should be able to do what everyone else gets to do and not have a fear or have to play a scenario in our head as far as what we shouldn't and should not do just to make this easier, an, an easier situation or make it, you know, more um, safe for us. And police should be protecting the citizens. And when that's not happening, and it, you know, when that's not happening and you see people that look just like you that are dealing with it, um, that really you. It really it makes you frustrated. I I am one of six children. Um, I have two brothers. They are they are darker than me. And my older brother, he's had um, when he was living here in Illinois, um, he's been stopped for no reason at all, um, just because of the time of the day. I've been stopped um, because I used to work at um, I used to work. For Target, I used to be a uh, manager, and I was—I used to be a manager, but then I also used to work on the overnight shift. So I would drive home really, you know, wee hours of the morning, and sometimes like 3 a.m., you know, or I'm going in around 3 to 4 a.m., and I would get stopped because I'm the only car on the road. And, you know, the question is, where are you going? I'm going to work. <laughs> Why are you stopping me? And I don't, you know, I'm not speeding. There are no other cars. You know, in your mind you're thinking, okay, you you want to think that there's an explanation, a logical explanation as to why. And then you realize when there isn't, you know, and it does really do something to you um, internally and makes you feel as if, you know, you're not, on the same playing field as everybody else when you're trying to do normal things. And uh, so when I think about the things that has happened, um, what has happened with George Floyd, and I think of, like, my brother, I think of, you know, my father, I think of, you know, uh, men in my family, I, that really makes me sad. It, you know, it makes me angry, but it really, really, really makes me sad when I think about you know, what they think, you know, um, when they want to go 
do normal things, like what they might be feeling if they're on the road or, you know, that kind of thing. But then, you know, to go a little bit away from, you know, just what I'm thinking about it from a family perspective, um, I am concerned about people, and I think I talked to you about this before. I have a heart for people, and I don't like to see people hurting. I don't like to see people sad. I don't like to see people, you know, just, I, I don't know, I have a heart for people. And so watching online the interactions, um, and I'm not online a lot, <laughs> I try to get on more frequently, but I don't post much because I have a lot of other things, social media, and but when I am on, and after this transpired, it really did break my heart to see the different messages that were going out and um, also watching people, you know, um, really tear each other down with their words. And one thing I truly believe is that your words are really powerful. And whatever you say, it really reflects who you are as a person and what you believe. And um, even in a situation where, you know, tensions are really high, sometimes we need to pull back some and allow ourselves to heal. Like this is a time where people need the proper space to, you know, really take in what's taking place and find that place of healing and really give themselves room to breathe, give themselves room to cry, give themselves room to, you know, just let out all of the different emotions and, and be able to express all of those things and not have anyone, you know, question it or, you know, I don't know if that, does that make sense what I'm trying to say? I hope it does. It, it makes sense to me. Yeah, I I really think that, I really think that, you know, dealing with the times that we're dealing with, this is a very sensitive situation that we're dealing with, and and it's hurting so many people. And I really do believe not that people need to be silent, but but just to be more thoughtful about what you're saying and who you're saying it to. Um, and that way, you know, you're not causing more harm or hurt by not being aware of what other people feel at this time. And I think that is really, really important. I, I I couldn't tell you some of the things that I've seen that I I looked at and I said, Oh my gosh, are you kidding? And these aren't people that I follow or like any, you know, particular person or anything like that. It's just random different things that are showing up and I'm thinking, I can't believe it. You know, I can't believe that this is what this you know, have turned into. The message is for justice. I want to say a lot of things to encourage people. And I do feel like this is encouraging in a way. And it may, like, be a relief to some. But I I feel that people need to have the appropriate space to breathe. They need that appropriate space to mourn, to grieve, to um, process all that they've seen. It took me... I don't know, it's still taking me time to process what I saw in the video. And I have a firm stance on justice. I cannot sit back and not say anything about this. 
this is not okay, and it will never be okay in my book. And I'm here for anyone that wants to talk, for anyone that needs that extra shoulder, that might feel like others aren't listening. I'm here for you. And if you, you know, if you feel like you don't have anyone, you have to, you know, there's people out there that do have an ear and have a shoulder for you so that you can express what that is. But in the midst of it, it's the the fighting. It doesn't need to continue. The, The arguments online, everyone is so headstrong right now. And it's almost like fires upon fires upon fires upon fires are like in everywhere, every direction that you look. And I personally believe everyone needs to, you know, take some time and process all that is happening and find the next action. Maybe you aren't, you know, connected to different organizations that are helping with um, you know, creating a an avenue for justice for these people. Um, but there are there are so many funds out there that you can donate to. There are things that you can do in your own community where you can look for needs for people that are underprivileged, that for people that you know need your help with things. Um, I I think yeah, you saw the. Um, the petition I put on my page, there's petitions to sign, there's follow-ups. You can call and, you know, demand. You can make demands in our justice system that things change. You can do different things. You can be part of the, the protest and walk alongside your brothers and sisters. Um, there are so many different things that you can do that's offline, that's beyond a like or beyond a comment or beyond you know, the arguments back and forth. There are other action steps that can actually help with what we're dealing with today. And that is my um, urge, you know, call, (laughs) call of action, I guess, that I would, you know, recommend for people is to look for places to, to be a part of the solution. To be a part of, to be a part of the cause, and I think that will be of a, a great help. And I truly believe that we need the proper space um, to heal and fully recover from, you know, what we've seen or what we've dealt with. Um, but I do believe we need a proper space for healing. I think you should express whatever you're expressing and effectively. So whatever it is, if you're frustrated, if you're angry, I'm I'm angry about the whole situation. I'm not happy at all about any of this that's taking, you know, taking place. I'm concerned now about the following action steps as far as what do we do now that we've seen what's going on Protests are taking place, and I think that's awesome to see people standing together. That is what for some sort of unity, you know, um, to see it's not just black people walking in the protest. It's not just black people. You see people, I don't know if you've seen some of the clips from other countries, um, yes. New Zealand, they have their streets were packed 
with people, um, indigenous people and other people all together walking for the cause. And my thoughts now are not that you cover up the anger, not that you hide the anger, but take all of that energy, passion to the next step. Like how do we take this from where we are now to where the next cha- the change is taking place? I want to see the, this is just my personal, you know, what I would like to see, but I would want to see is all of that um, passion and zeal and for this cause to really push a huge wave of change. And I see I see some of it taking place, and I'm not saying it's not. I feel as though there, there may be more that we can do, and I'm personally researching more that can be done um, to help, you know, people in my own community um, outside of the funds and things like that. Those are great. But what else can be done? And, you know, we want everything to happen quickly. In order for something to change, it has to go on longer than seven days. It has to go on, you know, longer than, you know, a, you know, just having this air on for a month. You know, it has to be something that's going to take place for the long run. And I believe people are awake now to what's happening. I do believe people are awake to what's happening. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm personally looking forward to seeing what the next steps are collectively. I want to see. We just have to do better as a whole. And um, this makes me think about my great uncle who lived in Mississippi in a very segregated area. Um, he also owned the land that he and his family had to pick cotton off of. He had acres um, that he owned from that particular uh, property. They own it now. So um, I normally would visit him every year, and I haven't been able to visit. I think it's been two years now. And the last time I visited, he said that there were um, people that decided to put up gear posts on his property, and these happened to be white men, and they shot through his home. They literally shot through his home. Um, when he decided to take it to the local, you know, court system, they overlooked his papers. They said they lost his papers. They did all types of things to make it hard for him to um, get justice for the fact that he has bullet holes in his in his house. This is the, the world that we're living in. This happened only a few years ago. And to think that our system is that bad, you know, where you still can't get justice for, you know, for your property, for the death of a person, for the murder of a person, that, yes, that that's a lot of frustration. And that does 
speak volumes of how we need to do way better. We need to do way better. And my um, great uncle, he's a veteran. He's a veteran. He's a great man. Not, he's never done anything wrong. He's never had any problems. And there's no reason that someone should shoot through your home or have the right to be on your property to cause damage and shoot through your home. That You should feel safe at home. And unfortunately, people don't feel that. And yes, it's angering. Yes, it's very frustrating. And now, you know, and he's such a sweet man, he's still, to this day, still trying to, to fight in the courts for justice for men deciding to, you know, shoot through his home. I will have a visual reminder that justice hasn't been served for that. And he's alive. And so, you know what I mean? Like, he's alive. So for someone, you know, that part is frustrating, just knowing that he can't have justice to this day. And then, you know, and then you take it a step further where it's visually being broadcast that someone is being executed, you know, on video. That and nothing, you know, was done, it makes you, yes, that makes you very angry. And even in that anger, like, even in that anger and that frustration and the, you know, the confusion that takes place, the all of the different thoughts that you get when you start to see these things happening and knowing that this hasn't been answered, this, this, this cry for justice, it hasn't been answered. And not saying that it will never be answered, because I really have hope that we will have justice. I really do. I really have hope that we will have justice. I am just looking forward to what next steps it's really going to take, because we absolutely have to do better. We absolutely have to do better. And um, the focus needs to be on that. It needs to be on doing better. And for people that don't understand, I I personally am willing to, you know, explain to people, you know, this is why this isn't okay. Um, I know some people don't feel like they should explain or, you know, or have to educate people about why things aren't okay. Some people are for some reason, are completely oblivious to things that are happening. And part of it is because they haven't experienced it yet. And it's funny because I, the other day I was talking about this with some friends, and um, one um, lady, she was a bit older, she said that she, her opinion, she was saying that she honestly thinks it's a generational problem. And I said, I, I absolutely agree with you because if this isn't dealt with, at a an early stage when people watch others in their family um, treat a person a certain way, even if you don't treat that person a certain way, you are looking at that as if it's okay because your family member did it. Or, you know, you might re- respond to it a certain way depending on, you know, who it was that did it. So if your dad was uh, prejudiced or if your mom was prejudiced or, if you're, you know, somebody in your family behaved or took on a viewpoint, behaved a certain way in front of you, it's very well possible that you could easily take on, you know, a fear of 
you know, the person that they are prejudiced against or a fear of, you know, like what they're about because mom and dad did it or, you know, you've seen something. There's an experience there. And for this to be a generational thing, for this to be, for me, I personally think it's also a heart problem. I honestly think that people are afraid of what they don't know. Um, They are afraid of what they don't have an experience. Um, They have a, um, I don't want to say intimidation, but I almost want to say are slightly intimidated by what they don't know. And it's really sad. It's really sad because I, to see to see how people are responding and to see that, you know, we do need to do better and that people are taking this very lightly as if it's nothing, it says a lot about their experiences. And I have no problem, you know, telling people, like, no, this is why people are upset. This is why people are angry. This is why, you know, it has gone this way. This is why things are happening today. People are visually, visibly upset, and now you're you're able to see it. We've been upset in our hearts. We've been upset in our spirits. We've been upset internally, and now people are seeing outwardly how upset you know people are. And what is needed is the understanding, not to criticize, you know, that people are upset, but to understand try to understand, because you might not ever understand, but at least try to understand. And the big part is to listen, just listening to someone else's experience that helps them to see you as somebody that's willing to embrace them, that's willing to give them some sort of comfort um, where they don't feel that elsewhere or they might not feel that comfort you know, um, just regularly. So being a person that's allowing people to voice what they have to say, that helps. That really does help. And I believe that itself is part of the healing process. That is part. I feel like, oh, there's almost like different phases that you're going through when you're experiencing different things that are taking place. You get, yes, you get angry. You go through different emotions, all of these different things. And my, like, everyone's initial response is different. Some people respond out of shock. Some people are responding out of fear. Some people are responding out of anger. But in my opinion, I believe it's all connected. And some people are shocked and they're not saying anything because you don't know what to say. At this time, you don't know what to say. And I do believe people need, you know, overall need that space to heal, you know, um, the really trying time, and the last thing anyone needs to hear is someone say anything that's going to um, make anything worse. It's like don't 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 say anything insensitive about the death and execution of a man, or ignore the fact that it's happening. It it happened. This isn't something that didn't happen. It happened. And I'd be surprised if, you know, everyone hasn't seen it yet. I mean, if you don't have a TV, maybe. If you don't have, you know, social media, maybe you haven't. It, but it's worldwide. Everyone's aware. And it's now it's like what 
is the response where everyone is? What is the response? And I, like I said before, I don't talk much on social media, but I am around. So if anyone ever wants to talk or if anyone ever, you know, wants to have a conversation um, or feel like they don't have anyone, I am here. I also, as I mentioned before, I'm looking for things to do that, you know, in my local community. I know that there are funds out there. There are other things that can be done. I, My hope is that people are starting to not only wake up to what's happening, but take that the anger, the frustration, find something tangible to do with it, something that's going to help push this forward. And that's really exactly where I am today. And I'm just, I'm just, I don't know, I'm just so sad and disappointed in, in some of what's been going on online and it's been it's been really hard to even be online these days. Um, even though I'm not even online much, it's really hard to be online even for 15 minutes because of how um, bizarre some of the things have, like some of the um, conversations have been. It's not even related to justice, and that is, I think that's what's more disappointing than anything else is I'm watching people tear each other down and have nothing to do with the justice side. It has nothing to do with helping justice come to pass. So that is what kind of breaks my heart and seeing the division take place. Um, The last thing I want to do is see myself separate from anyone. Pretty much what I'm all about, I want people to be connected. And um, it's heartbreaking. It really is. Yeah. I mean, and you look at it and, um, I mean, systemic racism is just so deeply rooted in all parts of our society. And you, you, you think to yourself, where do you start? I mean, you know, at the dinner table and at the law enforcement level in the courts and, uh, I mean, where do you start? I mean, it just, I mean, the answer is you have to, it has to all get fixed, you know? Yes, I agree. I feel like it, it starts everywhere. It starts when it starts when you a parent to child relationship, you know, um, everywhere. It, it starts everywhere. It's wherever you are. It it should be, you know, present that people are just making the effort to say, you know, this person might look different from you. They are not a threat. They are not, you know, you don't have to worry about something bad taking place. A lot of times some of the some of the injustices that we're experiencing is because people are afraid and calling the police because they're afraid. And it, the, the result is something negative. And it's like, why on earth? <laughs> you know, people are afraid of what they don't know and, Yes, it does start at, it starts everywhere. And I know it probably sounds crazy, but it literally, it starts everywhere. And I just, it, it, this is just so sad because I just think of 
all of the different times where, for instance, I, I told you I have the two brothers. I have an older brother and I also have a younger brother. Um, I remember um, my parents having to have, quote, unquote, what we call the talk with my um, brothers. One time I walked in on my parents talking to my older brother, and they were telling him what to do if he ever got pulled over. Why should we have to have the talk? You know, and I find out other people don't have this with their kids. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, what? The fact that we have to do that is so unfortunate. It's so unfor- It's very disappointing, and it is so unfortunate. And I'm glad my mom did because had he not, he could be he could be one of the people that, you know, was was killed because he didn't do what was quote unquote right. And even if he did, he could still be. You know, even if he did everything right, he could still be that person. That's scary. That's really scary. And thinking going forward, like with, with my children, my husband, he's he's Puerto Rican, he's Spanish, my husband, he's mixed. He passes his white. Um, my kids, they are lighter, they're a lighter tone. They may not experience what some other children experience, and I'm aware of it, but they might. I don't know. But So what do I do, you know, as a mom with boys? What do I do to have to even think like that is, is sad. I, you know, it's really, it's, it's sad. And the whole we have to do better, you know, that's, it just keeps replaying in my mind. It is sad when you have to think, tell my child what other parents don't have to tell their children for their safety. Because one day, you know, you never know. They might get pulled over. Or one day they might be, I don't know, they could be just doing nothing wrong. And, you know, you have to coach people to live, to do normal things. You know, that that is the part. I don't think I'll ever understand that. And I don't think that's something any any. African-American parents feel comfortable, you know, telling their children. I don't think they ever feel comfortable telling their children. I remember my mom and dad telling my, my older brother that, and I can hear it in their voice they really didn't want to have to have, quote, unquote, the talk, but they had to have the talk. They knew how important it was because at, you know, at that time, and apparently still today, it seems so necessary because Look at look at this. I when I look at the world, this thing I want to look at is seeing. I don't want to see people dying. I don't want to see people that look like me dying. I don't want to see anybody dying. But I definitely don't want to see that the racial, the systemic racial problems are still alive. I find that I just find that bizarre. I find it bizarre. And yes, something. Something has to be done on every level, on every level. Yeah, the whole point can easily be missed with turning the focus on some of the damage. And surprisingly, you know, or not so surprisingly, the damage isn't coming from some of the people that are protesting. And I, I'm just, you know, in your mind you say, I'm so over this. That's, 
that's pretty much where I've been in the last few days. Like, I'm so over it. Um, because the focus should be on having justice served. And that's it. Like, put a period right there. It should be on having justice served. And, um, and in the meantime, it's like, I know you know, I talked to you about this before. I have, you know, chat sessions that I do every day. And, yeah. and, and I welcome everyone. I welcome in my chat sessions. I have a, a very diverse group of people come in to the chat session. Um, I have open spaces for when people want to come into these chat sessions, they want to talk, just, you know, just want to talk and, you know, craft if they like, uh, work on whatever project if they like. And honestly, with everything that's been happening, the chat sessions are still taking place and, I, I still open it up for everyone. I'm very aware of what's happening to the community, and I don't ever want any space that I have to be unwelcoming to anyone, let alone, you know, anyone that's hurting, anyone that's, you know, having a hard time. And I do want to open that up to anyone that needs that because that is what I call a safe haven, and I'm not telling everybody you have to go back to, you know, doing business as usual. Um, like, you don't have to spin yarn. You don't have to knit. You don't have to crochet. You could sit here and talk. And that has been the goal um, since everything happened with COVID when we had the lockdown here in Illinois. Um, just having an open space for people to talk. And now, it's not that it, there's a shift in gears here, but I want to make sure people know that there is a safe space for you. If you need someone to talk to, if you feel like, you know, people are trying to silence you or you can't, you can't, you know, let people know that you're hurting, you can come into a chat session with me. You're more than welcome to do that. And I do them um, once a day, um, uh, mostly in the morning, but I do have some evening sessions, but it's every single day since March, mid-March. And um, I do want to open that up to people just in case they need a space. Um, so, I mean, I don't know if that, like I, I try to think of things to do to help people in the fiber arts community and, um, I feel like that has been a huge load lifted, you know, considering, like, the different things that are taking place. I feel like it's been a a, a place where people can really relax and pr- pretty much not worry, you know. No one's here to judge you. No one's here to say, you know, anything, um, challenge you in any kind of way. But I think people need to know that there are places um, that they can go and you're definitely safe wherever I am. Well, so you're doing your best to make the world better, which, you know, 
doesn't surprise me at all, knowing you. Is there anything else you want to want to say to the world? Um. Yeah, actually. Um. I know, like this time right now is with it being very devastating and very, you know, overwhelming. Um. You know, for us to not lose hope in one another, um, we're all growing and learning, you know, together different things and just, I just hope that the, I'm just really hoping that people don't give up hope on one another and um, shut down as a result of all of this. Um, we all have so much to offer, you know, to this world. And I could see how people can, you know, respond by pulling back and not being themselves or not, you know, just allowing this to tear them down. And I can't leave without saying something to encourage because I can't see, I can't watch the community, whether it's the fiber arts community or just the community as a whole, um, African-American community, just as a whole. I can't see the community. I can't stand to watch the community fall apart. Um, And I want people to know that there is hope and, you know, to not give up on, you know, the different things that you plan to do in the future, the different things that you are looking you were looking forward to, um, you know, with everything that's happening. Um, and that is just my hope, is that you don't give up on, don't give up on yourself and to really reach out if you need something, to definitely reach out. Sorry, Benjamin, I'm like so sad. <laughs> I just want people to feel that they can reach out all that's happening right now. And I think that's all I can really say. I'd like to thank you uh, for sharing that, uh, Heavenly, and uh, thank you so much for being on the show and 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 speaking to us. Um, you know, it's uh, I just really appreciate you. I appreciate your. Uh, your willingness to talk, and of course, I appreciate your heart. And um, uh, and don't worry, we'll get to that show we had originally planned. Just you know, like we like you said, we all need some time right now. Yeah, we all need time, and I, I really appreciate you allowing me to um, speak today. Um, I really appreciate it. I'm I'm really glad that you. Um, I, I, let's put it beyond you pushed, and I'm glad you pushed. I'm gonna say goodbye to you, and and uh, just you know, wish you peace and and happiness. And I'm sure we'll be talking very soon. Absolutely, I wish the same for you too. All right, take care. All right, you too. All right, bye. Bye. That was. Uh, Heavenly Bresser, an amazing artist and an amazing person. Again, I wanted to uh, reassure you that 
we're going to have Heavenly back in about four weeks so we can give you the show that we originally planned. That's our show, Fiber Hooligans. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back next Monday with another episode of Fiber Hooligans. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.